Sometimes it's a lovely bake, but sometimes it's a bit dreadful. Welcome to the Gingham Altar, on the back burner. I'm Mac. And I'm Megan. Every week we tackle another episode of everyone's favorite baking competition, the Great British Bake Off. And after we've said our piece, we try to put our bakes where our mouths are and replicate some of the recipes from today's episode. But that's not what we're doing this week. <laughs> no. <laughs> As you may have noticed, I said, though, this is the Gingham Altar on the back burner. Since we started, Megan and I have talked about that we wanted to do some episodes that would be in between the regular episodes where we talked about other topics. And to be quite perfectly honest, it's the holidays. Yeah. I've done a lot of baking, but none of it has been like actual like for this baking. It's all been like 16 different kinds of cookies. Yes. I have been baking up a storm, but it is not anything that necessarily goes on the gingham altar, so to say. So today, instead, we're going to talk about something that's oddly fun to talk about, which is our baking failures. Times things have not turned out quite how we anticipated, sometimes in fairly spectacular ways. So Mac, can you think of any time ever, I know it's probably going to be hard to think of a time when Mac didn't do something perfectly, but when maybe things didn't go quite to plan. Oh yeah, I've got tons of stories. (laughs) And, And I love that we're talking about baking fails because a lot of people, well not a lot, but a few people who listen to the show have said to me, you and Megan, you're not really amateurs. Well, as far as people who consider themselves bakers, I would put us in the very lowest tier. (laughs) Compared to people who, like, only ever make box cake, sure, we know a lot. But in the world of baking, we're really quite low. There are also a lot of things that I know about in theory. Like, I understand the concept of piping, but when I actually try to do it myself and ladle icing into a bag, I end up wearing two-thirds of it. Like, I'm not skilled. And being able to talk about it and being able to do it are very different things. Oh, yeah. Been there, been sticky, Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. So, uh, the first story that I wanted to tell is there was a time, probably four or five years ago, I was still living in Tifton. And Dale's church was having a cookie swap bake sale, something like that, to go along with a blessing of the animals that they were having. Well, that's adorable. <laughs> I, it's a pretty adorable thing. The Episcopal Church is all, usually all about that. And so I thought, you know, I'm not a very churchy person, but I'm happy to contribute to this baking thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so I woke up early on a Saturday morning, and I was making these cookies, and I can't even remember what kind of cookies they were. There was some sort of easy drop cookie. And I was making a ton of them because, you know, that every drop cookie recipe makes a bajillion dozen. Why is that? But yes, I know what you Yeah, it, it's because every recipe was made by somebody who was the school marm for like, you know, a district of school children. <laughs> I need to feed 80 children. Yeah, exactly. And so I was making these cookies and this was back before I, you know, had my first big boy job. And so I was freelancing and working a couple of part-time gigs. So I didn't have a lot of money. And so even though I'm all about, I'm still all about a store brand, I was even more about a store brand then. Uh, because you know, anything to save a little bit of extra cash. So I had been making, I don't know, I think I'd made maybe 48 cookies at this point, like uh, several dozens, and I was like maybe going into my third rotation. And Dale had just woken up and was walking out of the bedroom, and I looked down and I started cussing a storm <laughs> because I realized that I had not been greasing my pan with the <gasps> butter oil spray that I thought I was using. Oh, Instead, no. I was using lemon furniture polish. <laughs> because well, they were both in white cans with yellow lids and they both lived in the kitchen. It would be slippery. 
It would be. And there's like, none of those cookies stuck. Thanks a lot, Sam's Choice. And then I had that terrible thought where I was like, I bet these are okay. How much furniture polish could really have gotten in these cookies? (laughs) Did you eat one? No, I threw them away. I was was so upset. (laughs) I just... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the worst time that I've almost poisoned people or, like, been dangerous with my baking. That's impressive if that's the only time. Because <laughs> I know on the show there have been lots of swaps like that. Um, most notably, I think somebody used salt for sugar or sugar for salt. I, I think salt for sugar is what happened, and it was pretty impressively bad. So you're not alone for pulling a switcheroo. Yeah, that would probably maybe toxic but not poisonous. And so there's a difference. Good grief. So what about you? What are what's one of your good baking fail stories? My good bit. Well, one one's kind of an entire category of baking. And I think that there are lots of fantastic recipes to be found on the internet, but I feel like a big part of being a <laughs> successful baker is figuring out a source that you can actually trust that does lots of test baking. Oh my gosh, there's so much bullshit out there. It's awful. Like Pinterest recipes have done me wrong too many times. I don't do them anymore, period. I find that a food blogger, and I'd love to be a food blogger myself. I just lack the the discipline. I, I love the idea of it. I think it's fantastic. I love some food bloggers, like Smitten Kitchen comes to mind immediately. That's Deb Perlman. However, a lot of food bloggers, I think, are much better at taking pictures than they are at coming up with recipes. So they make this food that looks delicious and it's lit perfectly. And, you know, they, they style it so beautifully and that make me believe things that cannot possibly be true and the best ones are always baking and one time and I've I've done things like this before but the time that sticks out in my mind I made a cookie that didn't have butter flour or sugar it had like oats and mashed bananas and applesauce and that ingredient list just makes me sad yeah it was it was very much a self-loathing i was i was going through a self-loathing diet phase and i thought like this is a cookie i can have i don't even have to feel bad about it and it turns out i did feel bad about it because when i (laughs) ate it it made me feel bad because it was that bad and so i bet it kept you regular though oh man i tell you what all it needed was some prunes but (laughs) good night but yeah so they ended up being like little sluggy blobs that I cooked on grease tinfoil which was the only butter and therefore the only moisture they had but like they never firmed they just remained sort of like smearable even after they were technically done and I ended up throwing most of them away so the attempt at the healthy bake is I think a a category of failures things that promised you that you could make a guilt-free dessert and for a moment pulled you in with that lie. Yeah, and I think that that's the problem with healthy baking in general is you just have to embrace baking for what it is and that most of it's going to be flour-based and thus be pretty nutrient, and by nutrient, calorie-dense. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, something in the later seasons that Prue is want to say is, is that I want to make sure that what we eat is worth the calories. Right. 
And I think that's part of why you and I both struggle because I have a husband and a baby and you have a husband. And that makes really just one other person with whom we can share our baked goods at the moment who's easy access. And so you kind of have to have a plan before you make something for what's going to happen to the thing after you've made it so you don't eat it all. And the holiday yeah. season has helped. Well, I actually made something earlier today and I was like, ooh, when I get done with this, I'm going to drive it around to some of my friends and be like, you know what? I don't even, we don't even have to hang out right now. I was just thinking you was going to bring you a little cake. That's so sweet. But it was a new recipe. Never done it before. And I tried one. I was like, that's kind of gross. <laughs> I'm not driving that around. Maybe so now not. I've got 11 of them and I don't know what to do with them. Just, I mean, maybe, do you have a fireplace? Do I have a what? A fireplace. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just a thought, you know, well, kindling might smell nice. They were okay. They just weren't like, ooh, I'm going to make a special trip to give this as a gift to somebody. No, because they'd be like, Mac thinks he's such a good baker. (laughs) He's a fraud on that podcast. Yeah, exactly. He sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but I've had his stuff and it's not good. (laughs) but yeah so the healthy bake is one that i've given up on i feel like the secret there is moderation have something that satisfies you and that is genuinely good not a sad approximation of what you want but make sure that when you have it you're having it in a reasonable portion and then just get rid of the rest get rid of it throw it like speaking go ahead no 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 you go ahead i was like speaking of sad approximations my next kind of thing that came to my mind when we were talking about baking fails it's actually something that i do pretty regularly now successfully but the first time i made it's from alex grinichelli's comfort food cookbook and she calls it something different but it's basically a dobus torque which is a yellow cake cut into layers with a dark chocolate frosting in between each layer and on top covered in caramel Mm. and so it's a pretty simple cake to me i mean it's a chocolate cake with a with a gimmick Mm-hmm. And so it. it's actually apropos because they're going to make Dobus torts on the show in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So the first time I made it, you know, I got my, my layers in, got my icing, got the whole thing iced up and whatnot. And the last thing you do is you melt down some sugar with a little bit of corn syrup to make a caramel. And while it's still hot, you pour it on the cake. And so when you cut the cake, it's not... It's a messy cake. You know, it's not going to stay together while you cut it, but it's supposed to be nice. And the instructions and the recipe are literally pour the caramel on the cake. And so that's what I did. Right. But this boiling hot caramel oh, hit shit. the cake and then immediately collapsed the cake in on itself no. so that there was a lake of solid caramel sugar directly in the middle of it that you could not stab through with any knife. <laughs> it immediately became a diamond hard. <laughs> And you couldn't bite through it. You couldn't cut it. You couldn't shave it down. And the cake was still good. We just had to tunnel underneath the caramel to actually get the cake out. It was like the great escape, the cake version. Basically. And so ever since then, I was drizzle that caramel on and that works much better but that time it was just like a disc like a cup like maybe a (laughs) cup two cups of just caramel just in a hunk solid and sugar is harder than you think it is because we mostly deal with it when it's a powder but if you get it into a big lump it is impenetrable (laughs) you needed like a chisel (laughs) like seriously i can remember stabbing it with a chef's knife and it not doing a damn thing shit yeah I don't know if I can top that. (laughs) It's not about topping. There's enough failure to go around for everyone. That's a good point. (laughs) And 
what I think is important is to recognize that, and you don't even have to be all like, but I learned something. Although I do make you tell me what you learned. By the way, that's also something <laughs> that I say to Ryan sometimes, which I know is like a total asshole wife move, but he does something ridiculous or we have a big fight. And at the end, it's like, what have we learned? What have we taken away from this horrible experience? And sometimes it's like, you should listen to your wife. I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's your teacher background, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's reinforce the lesson here. Let's make sure we, we distill <laughs> whatever it is that we've gone through so we can pray and like cross our fingers using an action verb please give me your learning objective there we go there we you've nailed it yeah oh my God. <laughs> do not miss pedagogy one bitty bit but yeah it is important to sum up the lesson of the day especially when the day has been a very difficult one even if you don't do that while baking even if you don't necessarily learn something really important and concrete even if it's just a total shit show just to be able to laugh at your mistakes and like to think I remember growing up, we had a couple of vacations where it rained every day, and it was just us being trapped together for a week in some place that we could not explore because it was pouring down rain, and usually in Florida, which means pouring down rain also includes lots of life-threatening lightning, and it's good to have that to look back on, so maybe just to think like, well, this has been a nightmare, but... I will find it funny later, even if I don't find it funny now. Yeah, there's a lot of comedians that I really like who are, are very much in that vein. There's a comedy, I'll put it in quotes, but the a comedy album from Tig Notaro called Live, which is a set she did at the Largo several years ago about that she had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, I love that one. I find this album to be incredibly inspiring, and I listen to it a lot when I'm upset. Mm -hmm. I, there are numerous people, my husband chief among them, who does not consider this a comedy album. He considers this to be a very serious talk that always makes him sad. Oh. And, well. and I can definitely see that perspective. I, I completely understand where that comes from. But I, I don't know, for whatever reason, it makes me feel better to, to laugh at the mistakes and the chaos and all of that, even though I may not feel like it in the moment, just to know that, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. And it's okay that things go wrong sometimes. I think Tignataro, and I've, I've listened to the same album and would say that it's definitely a comedy album because comedy is what she does and how she processes, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So the last, not the last, but the, the probably my worst kitchen failure was related to cheesecake. My husband was deployed and he was gone for six months. He was in Qatar and I was alone in a relatively new place and I made good friends with my neighbor who lived on the other side of my wall because we had a duplex and so we had been hanging out for a while and I told her that I really liked to bake and that I wanted to make a cheesecake and she was really excited and she said that it was one of her favorites and be sure to let her know when I had it and you know we'd have a cheesecake party it'd be great because her husband was also deployed so I put it together. It's a little bit more of a production than what I'm used to. I used a um, Cook's Illustrated recipe, which was great. It came together wonderfully, looked exactly how it's supposed to. I made a water bath in my roasting pan. It's in its springform pan. I carefully lined it with foil. I mean, it took me a good long while to put together because I was being very careful. This was a big deal. And this happens to me a lot where I think I've read a recipe, but have I really 
<laughs> because and it happened recently. Like, remember when I made bread last week and I just remembered the number 15? Yeah. It, 15, it turns out, was on the tail end of when you should start checking. Like, it will definitely be done by 15 minutes. Well, in this case, I remembered the number 500. And I hadn't been baking long enough to know that that, to really process that that's a very high heat. So it didn't strike me that it was odd that it said to bake it at 500. And so I, I just read, you know, turn to 500, put it in, and then somehow my eyes skipped over the words turn down to 200 after five minutes. Yeah. And so instead, I put it in the oven, set it for the later time, which was an hour, and closed the oven door and went upstairs and took a luxurious shower. Um, <laughs> I shaved my legs. I moisturized. I put on, oh, like I might have even done my toenails. I feel like I did. I mean, self-care uh, is important. Plucked my eyebrows. And when I emerged from the bathroom, there was this smell in the air that most people probably haven't smelled before, which is burnt cream cheese. Like, it's very odd. And not totally bad, but mostly bad. And so I had no idea what was going on because I did everything perfectly. And I went in and opened the oven door. And, of course, this, like, wave of smoke billows out. And... It's funny because my perfect looking cheesecake had this disc of blackest black across the top. And I had already promised my, like my neighbor knew I was making this. The alarm didn't go off. So at least there was that. There was no smoke alarm. But I was looking at it and thinking like, well, I told her we were going to have it. I feel like we're good enough friends that I can tell her we burned it, that I burned it. And so I go over and I'm like, so I made the cheesecake, but it's real bad. And she's like, I'm sure it's not that bad. And she came over and we looked at it together. And she's like, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and so and then we were like, well, what if we just cut the top off and try to eat what's underneath? So we like basically dug a hole in the middle of this black cheesecake. And it was only black on top. It looked okay underneath. But after a couple bites, we decided that the whole thing just tasted like carbon. And so we uh, had to throw the whole thing away. And that is the sad tale of the blackest cheesecake in the world and how showers aren't good for baking. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of money, too. It's always the worst when you mess up on something that has taken either a lot of time or a lot of resources. Yeah. You know, I can remember scorching something in the last 10 minutes of a six-hour cook. Jesus. What was it? And it was inedible. Like, I ate a bowl of it just because I couldn't bear the thought of throwing the whole thing away. Oof. But... The people I served it to were like, this is gross. And I was like, I know it's gross. You're not surprising me one bit with that piece of information. I was like, the heat was too high and I was reading a book that was very good. <laughs> and having an audience can make it kind of painful too. But I think you're right about the time being the worst part. Like, that's part of why I don't, I, I avoid cooking seafood. Because I feel like I'm not knowledgeable enough and it's so expensive and there's no way for me to get the practice I need to be sure that I can do it well. And so I just kind of tend to avoid it, which is too bad because it's really delicious and I love it. But I want somebody else to ruin it instead of me. But I, that's, I completely feel you. I am much more likely to cook a pork loin or a piece of chicken or anything than brisket. Prime rib. Right. Yeah, you know, these are all things that... In theory, I think I should be able to do just fine, mm. but I don't have a lot of experience with it. And if it goes wrong, you know, that's 
that's a lot of money just to ch- to chunk out and then have to go to McDonald's. Absolutely. Baking is a little bit better that way, but ingredients can get pricey. Vanilla in particular lately has just skyrocketed. I feel oh, like yeah. I used to be able to get vanilla at a much lower rate. I'm sure that has something to do with like the economy or some sort of legislation, but ooh, they hit me in the vanilla department. Yeah, and then especially as you as you get deeper into any hobby the the number of tools that you need on hand to be able to attack whatever is going on speaking of which you just got a new toy i did i got a a a kitchen torch which is a a blowtorch for browning things or blackening skin or things like that and i also got a a a piping set for for icings and i actually used both of them for my bake that we're going to be talking about next week was that the same one that made you mad yeah (laughs) we'll we'll talk about it it very easily could have been in an, an, an in an addendum to this episode. It was not the most successful thing I've ever put in the oven. I haven't and... it yet, which is why we can't talk about it yet. We'll, we'll hold off. It's going to be exciting. Desserts week was a rough one for the contestants and probably will be a rough one for both of us. But thus far, we only know that it was a rough one for Mac. <laughs> exactly. So we are going to get around to talking about that soon. We are going to have more of these interstitial episodes every now and again. We thank you in advance for understanding both Megan and I have full lives that we do outside of this podcast, and sometimes we just don't, we can't get it together to make the weekly schedule. We launch this podcast with no buffer and just a dream and believing. So when we say, like, here's what we did this week, you're literally listening to it no more than four days after it happened. Yes. So... We we really appreciate everybody sticking with us for the first couple of things, but every now and again, these on the back burner episodes are going to pop up where we're going to talk about baking in general or things related to the show that don't necessarily fit into the regular episode order or anything that is generally in the theme of what this podcast covers, but doesn't necessarily fit into our regular episode dissection and recreation. Yeah. And I enjoy it, honestly, because we talk so much about what we're supposed to for each episode and what we did that week that it's it's tough sometimes to get around to all the things that I want to uh, run my mouth about, give a good jaw. Like, for example, you don't have time to talk about who's the best dressed character, who is who has the best hair, Yeah, which is obviously Kate. <laughs> like, so that conversation's over, covered, check. Right. I was like, at some point, we'll, we'll have to do an interstitial episode of Who's who are the hottest bakers that have ever been on Great British Bake Off? Ooh, I'd have to rewatch. Oh, I guess I could just pull up some cast photos. But like, I don't know. There have been some pretty spicy ones, and they're always gay, which isn't fair. <laughs> it's very fair. Damn you, Mac! And <laughs> like, not this. I'm a happily married of- man. Mm, happily- <laughs> Wait, was it? Yeah, what is it? You're you're married. You're not dead. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, so we are going to cover various topics like these from time to time. If there's anything that you'd be interested in us talking about, let us know. Uh, you can comment on Instagram or, or leave us a, or shoot us an email. We are going to be back next week with Dessert Week. So thank you so much for listening to the Gingham Altar on the back burner. If you like the show, please give us a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. It really does help people find the show. Our bakes from every week are on Instagram at the Gingham Alter Show. This week we'll be sticking up some other pictures, so be on the lookout for those. We'll see what they are. <laughs> uh, we- That's going to be me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we don't, since there are no bakes, we'll put something up there. Something pictures fun. Pictures of other Some- stuff we made. 
Yeah, some pictures of failures if we can find them. Yeah. And I wish I'd taken a picture of that cheesecake because it was real bad. Yeah, I know. Some of these are old. I was like, I wish I had kept a better record. Mm. And yet, <laughs> and yet, not set. Maybe I could find that awful recipe of those diet cookies. Oh. Or do we want to like leave people anonymous to protect the... I could just zoom in on just the image of the cookie. Like, this oh. is it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. But yeah, please feel free to read it, reach out to us via email at theginghamaltershow at gmail.com. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our theme music, Cheery Monday, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. All this information and more can be found in the show notes each week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Megan. And this is Mac. Wishing you a lovely bake.